Welcome to the Lifehouse Message Podcast. Please make sure to follow or subscribe to this so that you can get all the latest messages. We hope that you are inspired, empowered, and encouraged by the message today. Let's enjoy. Hello, everyone. How are you? It's Pastor Rod Plummer here in Tokyo, Japan. And we're speaking on Closer. This year, believe it's closer to God's love and grace. And this month in May, we're talking about Closer to Purpose. What a great word. I, I discovered purpose at 19 when I discovered Jesus. And some other words about purpose is destiny and, and what we're supposed to do in this world. And closer to God, we get closer to our core, our center, who we are and what we're supposed to be doing on, on the earth. Mark Twain, one of the great American authors, said this a long time ago. He said, the two most important days in your life are the day when you're born and the day when you discover why, or you find out why. When you're born, your birth date, and the day where you discover why you're on this earth, which, which must be to do with knowing God and knowing purpose and knowing the goodness, the grace of Jesus Christ. Hell, Lord, give God a big praise. Come on. God is good, and God has purposed you with greatness. And we're going to talk today about Moses, the Old Testament man of God who, who got the Ten Commandments up the mountain. You know the story. And we're going to read the story when he was 80 years old. Now, I'm not 80 years old, thank you very much, but uh, moving towards a little bit older. But I was always taught that Moses had three phases or seasons in his life. He lived to 120. The first 40 years was when he really thought he was a somebody. He was the prince of Egypt and he thought he was great. He was educated, he was smart, he was wealthy in the best family, and he was also lost in who he was but he thought he was someone great the first 40 years he thought he was someone great and then he killed a man it was a terrible thing and he had to run to the desert for 40 the next 40 years and someone said that was that was when first 40 years he thought he was someone great second 40 years he found out he was very flawed he wasn't so great the next 40 years he he lived with regret and pain of what he'd done and running and 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 running from God and running from people and running from his family and Yes, God blessed him in the desert with a family and a great, great, uh, uh, you know, he loved the sheep out there. He, he was a very, very wealthy and, and successful sheep herder. But 40 years, he was flawed. And I guess he felt, could God use me? And all of a sudden, we're going to read today in Exodus chapter 3, is the moment when he's 80 years old and God touches him with fresh fire. The fresh fire, the fire brought him closer to his purpose. In the last 40 years, he discovered God can use flawed people to do something great. So let me say it again. First 40 years, he thought he was someone great. Second 40 years, he was flawed. He was with flaws in his life. And the last 40 years, he discovered that God uses flawed people like us to do something great. That's purpose. And in this story, we're talking about coming closer to the fire of God and coming closer to purpose. Every one of you, I believe, has a purpose under heaven, a purpose here on the earth. So we're going to read the Moses part when he's 80 years old, in the desert, in regret. Life hasn't been that great. At 80 years old, we're going to read this story. You ready? Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire 
from within a bush. Now this bush is an acacia bush. It's a, a low-lying plant. It's a very beautiful bush. They get, we get honey from that. Acacia honey is the... Actually, let me tell you something interesting. Acacia honey from this bush is the only honey that doesn't get old and crystallize. It always stays beautiful liquid honey. So it was actually a beautiful bush. We're not talking about a scrubby thorn bush. It was actually a beautiful bush. And in this bush, all of a sudden, it was on fire. Now again, being in the desert for 40 years, I'm sure Moses had seen a tree on fire. We, we have this in Australia where there's very, very hot season and there's spontaneous combustion and it's just so hot. If something happens and a, a tree can catch fire, but that tree burns out and that tree burns down. So Moses would have seen a fire in a bush, but there was something about this bush that was totally different. It was God's moment to speak to him from within the fire in this bush. You see, the, the fire burnt and burnt and never burnt out. And this is the picture of purpose. I believe this is what the, the passion, the purpose, the temperament that God has put in us should be a fire. There should be something we can lean on and go back to. And so my first point is this, the curiosity takes us closer to the fire. Amen. There's a renewed curiosity. Now, we have an old saying in English, curiosity killed the cat, but we're not cats, right? So it's okay. Curiosity is a good thing for human beings because we've got some discernment in life. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over. There it is, curiosity. I will go over and investigate. I will go and see this strange sight why the bush does not burn out. And there was a curiosity burning in his heart. And I believe that when God touches us with purpose, we're touched with curiosity. Who am I? What am I here to do? Why has life been this? Why am I with these people? These are good questions if they're leading us towards the, the Word of God and God's wisdom and God's leading. The curiosity, the question why, is not always a bad question. In fact, Many people in the Bible asked why before they found purpose. There's a little little prophet called Habakkuk. Very difficult to pronounce. Everybody say Habakkuk 10 times. No, no, it's okay. But um, this, little, this little prophet, little known prophet, had an incredible revelation. But in chapter 1 of Habakkuk, he's saying, Why God? Why is there evil in the world? And why did you not do this? And similar to questions to people today. It's, it's a normal thing to have a, a why and a curiosity, it's what we do with that. If that leads us to think that God is bad and the world is bad, well, that's the wrong answer. But if curiosity leads us to the fire of God, of God, why and why did you make me and what can I do and why is life like this and God, can you make something different and can we change something? And, and if it leads us to a search, which I'm calling curiosity, it's a good response. And the Word of God and journaling and reading and, and Habakkuk in chapter 2, it's, it, God speaks to him and says, Habakkuk, I'm going to answer you, but it's very simple, so write it down. Sounds like journaling, right? So this whole thing of curiosity in God's Word is a positive step. And if you're asking why about anything, and hopefully you are, because there's, there's something in every human heart that should be asking why. But it leads us to the bush, the burning bush, of God burning in our heart, then I believe it's going to be a positive outcome, right? Give God a big praise. Come on. Be curious. 
ask questions and seek God in his word. And so Moses goes over. This is just the first part. The curiosity is in the fire now. Number two, there he was a renewed touch from God in the fire. You see, Moses had this 40 years of regret. He'd killed a guy and ruined his destiny, so he thought, and lived for 40 years, as I said, as a faithful man, but as a regretful man. A man looking back and thinking my life could have been so different. It says here in verse 4, And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, when the Lord saw his curiosity, when the Lord saw his passion move to find out about what this bush is, what's happening, when God sees us move to him, he always moves to us, right? It's a prodigal son in, in Luke 15. The son comes back and the father's waiting And when he sees the son coming to him, the father runs to him. I believe this is what is happening here right now. There is a prodigal here called Moses and God is going to run to him. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Now, I've talked to people all over the world. I've done training and sales and marketing and as as a believer and a leader, Let me tell you one of the most important things in people's lives is their name. And when God speaks your name, something should respond in your heart. It's like a a father calling a child and and the child saying, Daddy, Daddy. There's a response. There's a beautiful connection when God calls our name because He is our Creator. He put everything within us and all of a sudden He's calling for me. My name's Rod. He calls, I hear God say Rod. Now, it's not a physical voice saying Rod. I've never heard that that sort of voice of God, but I've always heard God in my heart through the, a personal fiery touch. And this fiery touch is going to touch Moses right now as God says, not just Moses once, he says it twice. And in the Bible, when something is repeated, whether it's Jesus saying truly, truly, or whatever, it, whenever there's a, a repetition, it's like Listen up. This is really, this is it. This is Moses, Moses. And I think that this is like when, when Jesus looks up at the tree at Zacchaeus and, and says, Zacchaeus, I'm going to eat in your house. There's, there's just something beautiful when we sense the closeness of God. Now, at this point in Moses' life, I think he believed in God still. I think he loved God, but he was so ashamed. And the first thing he needed to hear was God say his name. And the name wasn't, hey, you. <laughs> hey, you down there with the sheep. No, no, no. The, 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 the name was Moses. Moses. I think it's a beautiful story. And Moses says, here I am. Now, this word, here I am, in the original Hebrew language, hineni, means I'm open. I'm open. And straight away, you see this revival happening in Moses' heart. And I think what happens here is hope arises, right? Hope. There's a fire of hope, a renewed touch of hope, a renewed fire. And all of a sudden there is a, a response. And I, I love it. It's so simple. In fact, in the Hebrew, it's just one word. Somehow how that works in language, it's like open or yes. When I came to Jesus, actually, I said one word. It was the word now. And God knew that that meant my heart's open now. So it doesn't matter how short our prayers are, right? It's all about presenting, being there, presence. 
And that's where revival starts. Renewal starts. God says, Moses, Moses, and Moses goes, here. What a a great response. And, And God says, don't come any closer. God says, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Really? It's the middle of a desert. There's no temple there. There's no church there. How can this bit of sand with a bunch of sheep become holy ground? I love this because whenever we meet with God, it becomes holy ground. Right there. Could be in your bed. Could be in the bus. Could be in your car. Could be walking on the street. Could be walking on the beach. Could be eating food. And all of a sudden you sense the fire of God calling you, calling your name and saying, take off your sandals. What does that mean? It means, it means show respect. It means give up. Jesus would say, come and follow me. It's that sort of moment. But here in Japan, it's quite interesting in Asia because a lot of cultures, when you come to their homes, you take off your shoes. It's, I think it's very vivid. I love it. It's like living here in Japan. It's like really clean. <laughs> so when we go back to Australia and we're in people's homes and people are wearing shoes, we go, oh, do we have to wear shoes in here? Anyway, it just gets in your, in your blood that it's a, it's a nice thing at the front door. What this is saying is God is saying, you're in my house. It's in the middle of a desert, but wherever there is a meeting with God and people, there is a holy place and a holy moment and a moment of fire. And you didn't have to come any closer to the fire, but the fire jumped onto Moses right there. And God said to them, listen to what God says to him. God says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. What is God is saying is you're still in the family. You're still in the family of God. I hope that's good news for some of you who are feeling things we've done have taken us outside our calling or outside our whatever it is. I, um, how could God use me? I, and that voice of the devil comes and says, who are you? You can't do it. You've got temptation and you've got sin. And, you. and so we've got to clear all that, that stuff out and hear God's voice saying, you're in the family. You're in the family. I love you. Moses here, you're in the family. You're in the house. You see, today we don't need a church to have a touch. Church is great. I love church, but you don't have to have a church. I've been in a church building to have a touch. The touch comes wherever you are curious and there's a touch and you hear God calling your name. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. He's having a moment of realizing the bigness of God and the smallness of himself and you know, in the New Testament, Peter had that moment where there was a miracle, catch a fish. And it says, Peter says to Jesus, Jesus, go away from me because I'm a sinful man. It's very similar. Very similar moment. He hit his face. said, oh, I can't look at you, God. But, but God's looking at him. There's a renewed touch from God. And my last point is there's a renewed call to do something great. See, Moses, the first 40 years, as I said, thought he was great. Second 40 years, knew he wasn't great. Last 40 years, realized God could use him anyway. <laughs> and that's a revelation of maturity and understanding God's word and understanding life. There was a renewed call to do something great when we're touched by the fire of God. I see it all the time in every country. And anyone doing anything for great for God, you can ask them, what is the word in your heart? And they will tell you something from the word. They will tell you the fire word. I hope you've got a fire word. If you don't, I hear this word right now of hearing God calling your name and He is with you. Hold the word is fire. Renewed call to do something great. And 
the original call on Moses was to set the people of Israel free from Egypt. That's the original call. He blew it. But it comes back. What a beautiful thing. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. And I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I'm concerned for their suffering. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. This is God speaking. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now you go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Wow, the calling comes back in the fire. The calling is there. Moses doesn't want to accept it. Verse 11, we're almost at the end of this story. Moses said to God, who am I? Good question. I ask that question too, don't you? God, who am I that I should go and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And that's where God is able to use flawed people to do great things because God is with us. Come on, give God a big praise. As I bring this to a close, I've got some scriptures. In fact, get, get set. We've got five minutes of scriptures. Are you ready? It's going to be good. I'm going to speak to you. The first one is from Romans 11:29. It says, For God's gifts and His call are irrevocable, which means you can't pull it back. You know, sometimes you say something and you say, Oh, I wish I'd called it back. Well, God can't call His words back. And so when, when He puts the DNA into us in our mother's womb and the, the, the Bible says even from before the creation of the world, God has called us and God puts in us. And, he, and, 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 and I'm getting ahead of myself here, but the next scripture, but, but, but it says here, God can't change His call. Now, whether we do it or not is our choice. And there's many people who just didn't do it, but the call was on their life. And that can lead to regret. And I've, I've met many older people who say, I really should have obeyed God's word and God's will. I wish I did, life would have been different. And that, that's always affected me when I've heard that. I said, God, I, I don't want to miss your call. Well, if you've got a heart like Moses, you won't miss the call. If you come back and say, Lord, I'm here, here I am. Hinani in Hebrew, Hinani, I'm here. Then the call is still on your life. Now this word irrevocable, I looked it up. I had to look it up because it's such a big word. It actually means without regret. In other words, God doesn't feel sorry for what He put on your life. Isn't that a good thought? He's not saying, I made a mistake. He won't say, I made a mistake. If life didn't turn out, let's just come back to God and say, Lord, are you with me? Help me move forward. No regret God. He didn't regret making me. He didn't regret making you. That means everything about our DNA, our nationality, our gender, our age, our education, our family, even bad experiences, although that's not from God, it can form us, it can forge us to do something great. It can create something in us to want to make a difference in this world, right? What an incredible thing. God's calls and His gifts, God has no regrets. because no regret about you. No regret. You're exactly what He wanted. He is not sorry. Come to Him and let's go. The next thing I want to say is Jeremiah 1 verse 4 and 5. And this is the calling of my son Monty to ministry, actually, the scripture. And in Jeremiah, the young prophet, young guy, the word of the Lord came to me saying, this is God speaking, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, or actually I chose you. Before you were born, 
I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, Jeremiah also goes on to say, why me? It's a very common concept with calling. Or really? Me? You might be saying right now, me? Can I really do that? And, and the word of the Lord comes and says, I, I, I chose you. I chose you. There's something great for you to do in the world. The next scripture, Ephesians 2.10. This is what I was getting for before. For we are God's handiwork. The actual word is poem. We are God's. God sings and he raps over us. He has a rap song. You're, a, you're amazing and you're great and I've created you and I love you and I'm with you. Whatever the rap song is going to be like, right? We are God's rap song, his handicraft, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Are we supposed to do good works? Yes. Are we saved by good works? No. But we're saved to do something in the world, make a difference, fill the hole, whatever it is, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In my last scripture, John, Luke 3.16, Luke 3.16, it's talking about the fire of Jesus Christ. John answered them all, John the Baptist, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. There's that same sort of low, low understanding that not, you know, God is up here and I'm here. But He will baptize you or, or fill you, overflow you with the Holy Spirit and fire. We're talking about purpose. And I believe the closer to Jesus closer we get to this baptism of Holy Spirit and fire. I believe we get closer to purpose and destiny. And uh, C.T. Studd was a cricketer from England who lived 150 years ago, changed, changed his world for missions at that time. He said this word, this, this word I heard, heard this as a young Christian and it really stuck with me. He said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. That is purpose. What will I do? And as I finish, you know, I got saved at 19 and, and um, I was a crazy young guy. I, I, I'd come out of a life of very bad, very bad behavior and even into evil things. And I got saved and, and cleaned up in one night. It was a, a miracle night. And um, as a young, I was a fireman. As a young fireman, you work four days and get four days off. That's a pretty good job, right? And get paid for it. And uh, but my four days off, instead of just going surfing, I, I wanted to do something good. All of a sudden, I, I, what could I do? And I thought, and I, I went through the phone book in the area. Just, there was no Google back then, okay? Just dark ages. Uh, dinosaurs were around the corner, you know. It's, uh, um, we even had cassette tapes back then, and uh, you've heard of those, right? Back in those days, the phone book, I found there was an orphanage in the area. And I'd actually driven past it, but I, I saw it, and I thought, I'm going to go and... Uh, volunteer at the orphanage and it was a ridiculous idea with not a great outcome but you know what I just had this purpose uh, arising in my heart what what can I do with my four days every every you know eight days so I went there walked in hello uh, my name is Rod Plummer and I'd really love to uh, volunteer and they said what is your credentials what degree do you have what 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 uh, um, you know uh, health health degree do you have or what I said I've, I've just I'm just person who loves Jesus. Well, you can imagine that did not go over well and, and I said goodbye. But you know what? I was just so <laughs> desiring. All of a sudden, I realized I wanted to do something good. I, I just wanted to. And I found that, that in Connect Group and helping people and helping people move their house and uh, a lot of practical things in the local church where I joined. But there was a, a desire to do something. 
do something, to do some good works, to give something, to forgive and to give. And there was a changed nature. Now, we can't do everything, but I believe we must do something. I believe if we're not doing anything, we are actually going to be heading towards mental health problems. I really do. I think we're, we're built to give. Amen. And as we understand purpose, it also means the area or lane where we can give. Could be in finance, could be in prayer, could be in physical stuff or whatever it is. Hey, as I come to an end today, I want to say it again. Closer to purpose is closer to the fire of God. If you've experienced it, you can experience it more, even more. Let it come. I believe this is the season. This is the month. We're talking about closer to purpose. Let me pray for you right now. I pray, Lord, that we just be closer to the fire. And if we've been away, we'll come back closer to the fire. I pray that you would fire us up, Lord. You're calling our name and we're here. Here I am. And you just help us, Lord, to discover more about our personality, our gift, our desires. And we do some good works. We do some good things. We'd, we'd, we'd pray some for some people and, 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 and reach out and we do something, Lord. We can't do everything, Lord, but we must do something. Help us find the something with our local church, our connect groups, our dream teams, friendships, helping people. I just pray, Lord, there'd be a, a passion in the gifts that we have in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Yeah. Last prayer. Maybe you don't know Jesus or been away. You want to know him now. He is good and his grace and forgiveness could come on you right now. So I'm going to count to three. And after I say three, I'm going to pray for anyone right now listening or watching and saying, me, that's me. Hineni, like, like Moses said, here I am. Like that's you right now. Okay. So count to three. Are you ready to open your heart? Here we go. One, two, three. Lord, I pray for these people opening their hearts or coming back to you right now. There would be a moment of fire with you. They're going to hear you call their name. And there's going to be a calling to do something great, burning in their hearts. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for grace. And right now, these people are going to be set free from whatever it is to serve you and serve destiny in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Go. Remember, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. God bless you. Thanks for listening today. We hope that God was able to speak to you through the message. If you consider Lifehouse your church home, or if you were blessed by these messages, then why not consider generously supporting us? Simply go to mylifehouse.com give and find the giving way that works best for you. Have a blessed day and we'll catch you all next time.